What's up, everything? The Blues are four games through the season and have yet to lose in regulation. What can we take away from the early returns? And what should we make of the Braden Shin extension? And the lack of an Alex Petrangelo extension? And what was that mysterious event the guys went to last week? We'll answer all your questions ahead, so let's get started and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, October 10th, and for the first time in months, I didn't stumble over any of that. I'm so proud of myself. It's probably because we took out all our aggressions on the Rage Room in Wells Fargo Center, where we are recording our podcast from tonight. Gritty is here. He's hanging out. He can't speak. Um, but he's very cool, and he's very fuzzy, and he's got those googly-moogly eyes. Ian, how are you doing tonight in the company of the greatest mascot alive? Fantastic. I was keeping quiet to see if you would stumble over your own words after you said you hadn't, and I figured, here it comes. But you did great. You did great. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Ian, I'd like to start with a quick game for us. A very quick game, okay? Mm -hmm. This is called Buy or Sell. I am directly stealing the title from the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Please don't sue us much bigger podcast, but um, I don't think they came up with those Mm -hmm. opposing terms. They don't listen. They might listen. They don't listen. You're just going to tell me if you buy or sell these paces that players are on for the entire season, okay? okay? After tonight's game, David Perron is on track for 123 points. Do you buy or sell? Buy. Okay. Ryan O'Reilly is on track for 143 points. Thoughts? Mm, Soft buy. (laughs) Braden Shin is on track for 61 goals. Oh, I thought we were going to go points. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll really buy that. Uh, I'll sell on that one. Uh, before this game, not factoring in today's performance, Oscar Sundquist had a 25.3% Corsi 4 percentage. Do you think he ends the season there? Yes, he's terrible. Okay. Robert Thomas is on track for 20.5 games played this season. Over or under 20.5? God, I hope over, but what if this lower, this upper body injury turns into know. like a severed head? I don't know. And finally, Vladimir Tarasenko is on track for zero goals this season. <laughs> Your thoughts on that one? Obviously, I know I'm confused at if I'm buying or You're selling. You're selling sell- it if you think he's getting more than no, zero No, but I'm goals. buying it that he's getting zero. Um, maybe the amount he gets will have a zero in it. Ooh. Like, like, the, like the number zero. My point in uh, that little exercise is to remind everyone from the outset that we're four games into the season and there are a lot of things in the NHL that are upside down. The Edmonton Oilers are undefeated. James Neal has scored more goals in four games than any Oiler ever, including Wayne Gretzky. The um, Winnipeg Jets are really bad, but they're probably going to stay mm. really bad. <laughs> but my, my point is, it's a little early to draw sweeping conclusions about this season. 
yet. That's for next week when we'll know mm. everything. Uh, but so take everything we say with a grain of salt tonight. We are experts. Though. We are absolutely. Well, yeah, don't take ours with a larger grain of salt than anyone else's opinion, mm. but just a, a, a grain of salt nonetheless. Um, yeah, I mean, we're happy the Blues won tonight. We're upset about how the Blues won tonight, and we'll talk about mm. all that later. But where do you want to start tonight? Do you want to start with the shin stension, or do you want to start with our uh, evening dalliances last week? <laughs> how please, would you like please, to don't use words I don't understand. <laughs> they scare me. <laughs> I don't even know if I used that word correctly, but it sounded good. Define dalliance. Uh, a casual, romantic, or sexual relationship. So not... Oh, maybe. So yeah, maybe. that was a dalliance, 100%. <laughs> uh, well, see, the second definition is a brief or casual involvement with something, which feels like a very, very different definition. But, you know, we're going to go with the first one. So I don't think it was either of these, and I think it would behoove us to explain to people listening what the hell actually <laughs> happened. So last week we talked about a mysterious event. And refused to go into detail at Ian's demand on mm-hmm. the spot. He called the play, he called an audible in the in the huddle, uh, in, at the line, not in the huddle, because that's not an audible. You could have convinced me. Ah, uh, well, you know, I try to be factually accurate on the Two Guys No Pop podcast. One cup! We'll, oh, God, we'll oh, get better. I'm so accurate. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll get better. Uh, but, yeah, so. I, I work for a company, and my boss at that company, very generous, you may remember him from such moments as buying us playoff tickets we couldn't <laughs> afford. Uh, this time... He's our sugar daddy. <laughs> Thanks, <He's>, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. Oh, you just got fired, I think. But hey, it was worth it. It goes down smooth. So, uh, he bought us tickets to go and uh, uh, meet... Uh, Jordan Bennington and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko on Thursday last week at a fancy, I would call it fancy gala. Mm. Is that the right word? Is that too much? Is that too little? Oh, and Carl Gunnarsson, excuse yeah, me. And it, Carl Gunnarsson. He was the special I mean, guest. he was the afterthought of the event, certainly. He wasn't even in the same God room. God forbid we insult him. Oh, he was long gone by then. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a fanatic sponsored event that we neither one of us belonged at. We were at a table with Terry Crouppen, the big TV lawyer guy, you know, the F Stan Kroenke guy. Uh, he had a guy explain to him uh, who Connor McDavid is poorly, poorly <laughs> explained to him who Connor McDavid is, which was simply one of the most precious moments I've ever witnessed. What did he say? It was just kind of like, oh, he's like this a pretty good or like really good player that I think plays for Edmonton. Oh, but boy. it was like enough context that I was like, yeah, it's for sure Connor McDavid, but yikes also. Big yikes. You say the best player in hockey. Yeah, Move on. yeah, I, I would say so. Um, but in any case, uh, we got to go. They uh, they did a like a little interview thing with Darren Pang. He was also there and swapped you know, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes of stories after we ate dinner and then you got to run up and take a picture with him after we took a picture with Gunnarsson as well. Layla was there as well. Mm. 
We didn't harass her for a picture, but everybody else did. And it was, uh, what did you think? What did you think? What did you take away from the night? I took some notes on my phone and, and promptly left the phone outside of this room. <laughs> so I enjoyed the evening. There were cocktails to be had. There were, Thank God, because my yeah. nerves were not great. <laughs> yes, there was free drinks. That was my favorite part was that <laughs> because this was already paid for, I could just order a gin and tonic and be uh-huh. like oh i don't have to pay you squat i should have given a tip i didn't i forgot i'm so sorry they didn't Please have invite a me jar back. out or anything invite me back people who are fancier than us explain to us if there's no jar or you just assume to not tip or do you have to slide it to them like sneaky doorman style, <laughs> i'm not going you know? back anyways so well okay. yeah well yeah we're not tipping that guy yeah. <laughs> that wasn't part of the question i'm um, just in case my boss ever does something else wacky you know i mm-hmm. want to know ahead of time yeah we got our picture with carl gunnerson i was wearing pretty much the same thing as carl gunnerson oh. and i had to remark to him that we were wearing the same clothing and he said stylish guy to me and from now on I am a stylish Swedish guy. Also, he said it in the same voice as the wild and crazy guys from SNL. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's just his accent. Well, it is, 100%, but that's like, now I know what Carl Gunnarsson sounds like. Mm-hmm. Before, I knew that he spoke. I'm Carl Gunnarsson, but... <laughs> I'm a wild and crazy guy, and I've been scratched. No, that's true. Oh, Carl, we need you back. Our defense we, was in shambles We took you, the power though. away from him when we touched him. That's right. It was a fun, it was a fun <laughs> And from Tarasenko, apparently. Yeah. But Bennington, he did good. Uh, Darren Pang tried to get some funny answers out of Bennington and Tarasenko, and they promptly roasted him. Tarasenko was skewering Pang. Yeah, I think they're tired of him. I think they're just sick of him. I asked Bennington at one point to set up a question, like, he didn't even ask. He just said, you don't have any kids. And Bennington very quickly goes, not that I know of, very dryly, which was (laughs) terrific. But, um... But yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought it, it was an awesome night. I didn't belong there. We didn't belong. We got there. we got signed crystal oh, pucks yeah. filled with water from one of the finals games, melted ice. Uh huh. And they're amazing. It's it's spectacular. I'll post a picture on Twitter. It's my most prized possession. Probably it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we say all this not to brag, but because I was almost embarrassed to be there, but just just to you know really pump our tires the mm. credibility of this podcast we've got inside sources <laughs> on the team now so. did you like your steak uh i had the chicken well so answer the question it was pretty good <laughs> my steak was pretty great i really like the potatoes those were great mm. salad those... not so much no salads at a fancy dinner are always like we're gonna try and be fancy with this salad and i'm like nah thanks mm-hmm. i need no spinach i didn't ask for no spinach uh, spinach is fine, people. Lots of it's good something, vitamin, vitamin B, iron, vitamin B. Sure. I think. Don't and... don't come at me with your vitamin knowledge. <laughs> we will not hear it. Please <laughs> leave the whole foods. vitamins are made up. Leave the whole foods I don't need bullshit them. at the door, please. Um... <laughs> vitamins were so fucking. If I needed them so bad, my body'd already have them. We are not pro vitamin on the two guys one cup podcast. Minerals, on the other oh, hand, you need day. minerals. And I'll tell you what, I'm about them electrolytes. Yeah. On top of all that, I am all about electrolytes. That's what, that's what plants crave. <laughs> but 
You know, vitamins can get bent. All right. Speaking of things that got bent, uh, our long-term contract outlook. Not great. Not great. Um, Do we have anything else to talk about before Shin? No, we got to move on to Shen. New old news. So, yeah. So, one of the things we talked about is that Bennington event, which was wrapping up one week ago on the dot, uh, feels like 73 years ago, conservatively. This whole week, I don't know, it hasn't been particularly bad for me or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just... I don't know, maybe it's the blues hockey punctuating things. We've seen each other a lot, which is rare, because contrary to what this podcast sounds like, we do not enjoy one another's <laughs> company at all. I get up and I walk out the window. <laughs> there, there it's is, a one, it's there a one is, story. There it's is a, one a story. front door, but he just goes right out the nearest exit point. <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out of here. Uh, but yeah, so, I don't know, it's just seemed like a long time. So the Shin extension, which was announced Friday. Mm-hmm. Seems mm-hmm. like it was announced three years ago. But let's go back and try to rekindle our happiness and then anger and then happiness again and then confusion and then resigned acceptance and then happiness again. <laughs> uh, Braden Shen signed an eight-year extension. Wow. Worth $52 million. Um the uh, annual average value on that, because of the eight years, is down to six point five million per season, which I think is the the big uh, the big win here, mm. uh, because you want <laughs> you want <laughs> the low AAV. Um, your initial thoughts on this, because we texted at the time. But again, this was before text messages had emojis, so it was hard to understand how you really felt. Yeah, I don't use those. Um, yeah, That's I true. thought you're not an emoji guy generally. I'm, I'm growing, I'm turning into one, and I don't like it. But uh, I, I feel like at the same I've just time, always been one. I've given up. I've mm-hmm. just let let them take me. I'm not a very masculine man. I don't know why I associate emojis with emasculinity to begin with, but. Whatever. There's emojis of muscly men, so you know right. you can just use them. And I use them exclusively. <laughs> and I only use those. Uh, my initial reactions to the Shen extension were just blah. I think I wasn't angry. I was more just confused because, as we've talked on the podcast before, we really didn't think we really thought Shen was gone after this year. Maybe trade of the deadline, maybe walks, but he wasn't going to be here, especially because. It seemed like you could most certainly, he most certainly would have fetched way more on the open market. Like, you would have gotten close to eight, I'm sure of it. He's better than Kevin Hayes. He was make, He's going to make over Kevin Hayes' money. Mm-hmm. He's going to make over $7.5 million a year on the open market. I don't know if anyone's going to give him eight years. Well, I guess that, yeah. But with the <laughs> extension, I guess, I mean, I guess they could. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, and as the as the days turned into weeks or a week, I've grown to... I guess like it in a way. It seems like Armstrong, and we'll get to it. Maybe one of his quotes has a plan that he's enacting, mm-hmm. where he plans on extending a lot of these guys with expiring contracts for long periods of time to get the AAV down to keep them together in their prime, so that we can have a window of four, five, six years with these guys. And I'm and I'm 
I'm down for that. He seems to understand that this might hurt us in the later years or the latter years of some of these contracts, but also at the same time, the Shen contract, as far as I know, this extension doesn't have any sort of no movement clause or anything in it. There's a no trade. There is? No movement. Oh. It's not a, but it's a partial. Ew, gross. So we'll talk about structure in a minute. Let's go ahead and read the uh, Armstrong quotes. I don't like this one anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, are this, is this Shen first or Armstrong Oh, this first? is all Armstrong. Okay, this is all Armstrong. Okay, he said, I think when you look at all the contracts signed by players who are 28 to 31 or even 32, you want to get that extended term to try and get that cap number down. When we're at Where we're at in our organization right now is we have a lot of players from 25 to 30 that are the real guts of their career, and I really felt it was our responsibility as an organization, and this is to Shin and Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Petrangelo and Pareko in that list. No Schwartz. I think, well, we'll talk about Get it, bent. Uh, is to support that group. They've done everything we've asked over the last five or six years to be a very competitive team. I know this, t- <laughs> I know the term is something we're going to have to deal with in all reality in five to six or probably closer to six or seven years. With that being said, we'd rather put a 12, 13, 14 year run together in a salary cap system and worry about that then. Not going to be his problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we are are going to need young players to come in at that time. The CBA could look different. You never know what's going to look like, but I felt it was our responsibility and with a blessing of ownership to support that group that supported us for the last three or four years so they can see a reason to be here and want to be here for the next five or six years uh, where we should be competitive. JR asked him where he would be in eight years, and he said, where will I be? And he laughed, and he said, telling the same story to the guy that has this job. His job mm-hmm. or JR's job? No, his job. Oh, so he's not going to have that job. He mm-hmm. said it himself. Yeah, he's fired. Oh. <laughs> uh, JR went on to say, obviously, you've got that great track record of no buyouts. Is this sort of a we'll figure it out later type of situation with a couple of these moves? Doug Armstrong, well, again, not really because these players are in their mid 20s. Not really because these players are in their mid 20s. They have a number of years left. When you look at expansion, it usually adds a year or two to good players. Expansion. Like expansion, like keep reading. Like the, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we just have one expansion. We have another one coming up in a couple of years, and I know the players are hoping, and I know the league is hoping that the salary cap continues to rise. There's a big television deal coming up, so I'm hoping in four to six years your salary cap has gone up significantly, so the AAV of these contracts seem to come down. I don't think we're abandoning the future of this franchise with these deals. We're thinking it gives us a really good opportunity to be good for a long time, and we will have to address some of these things moving forward. But like I just said, you never know what's going to look like in six or seven years. Ultimately, I'd like to be a good for six or seven years. And as you said, if we have to deal with it, then we will deal with it then. Does this affect Petrangelo at all? I don't think so. I go back to a saying someone told me, how do you get the horses back into the barn? You get them in one at a time. And finally, you've said before that you'd like Thomas to be a top six center. You have an incredibly competitive center situation for the long term now, don't you? Yeah, we do. Schenner played 20 games last year on left wing. We talked about that with him and his agent. We talked about his position. I said I don't coach the team, but I also know as a manager, you don't make a commitment like this without seeing value in the player playing in your group of six. It's great to have depth. My experience is 
show that centermen can go to the wing without much issue. Wingers can't go to the middle. That's more of an issue. You saw Robert Thomas, who played last season on right wing. He'll get back in the middle at some point. We've seen Schoener play left wing, go back in the middle. He might go back. And I've seen Ryan O'Reilly play the wing. Having a lot of good players is never a big problem. So... I've got a bunch of thoughts on this. Did you have any thoughts on what Armstrong said specifically? Um, no, I find it interesting that he says that he's a lot of his mindset, aside from staying competitive by keeping these guys around for a long time, is also the fact that he's kind of like rewarding them with this because they supported yeah, I don't the like team, that. so he's supporting them. And I'm, I don't I, like that one bit at all. I like the feeling that you're being a nice person, but at the same time, I don't like the thought that it's like, because they won the cup, we have to reward them, because the reward is you won the cup. Which if it's is better to trade somebody and move on, It's just that's just it. Which is weird, because we didn't reward Joel Edmondson, we didn't reward Pat Maroon, so like... Well, I think he means the players that really helped him, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, enough. Pat Maroon. But, um... So, in, in signing this extension, uh... Extension. 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 We'll figure Whatever. it out. Uh, Frank Cervelli reported that Braden Shin joins Quayton Keller, Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> and Thomas Shabbat as the only players in the NHL signed through 2028. Uh, those five players, counting Shin, are the only ones signing, assigned through 2028. God. And as you'll notice about the other four, much younger than Braden Shin. Now, the AAV on this is really team-friendly. It's very good. It really is. I mean, there's no denying, I thought eight. I thought eight on the open market, and I think on the open market he would have gotten eight. I don't think he would have got. I don't know that he would have gotten seven years. But he would have gotten eight million as a cup winner hmm. and top six center in you know because everybody else is thinking that the cap's going up over time too. He would, I'm sure he would have gotten eight. I have no trouble believing that if Kevin Hayes can get seven by seven point one four or whatever he got. So that's a that's a big win. Um, I just I think what it comes down to is I didn't picture Braden Shin as an indispensable part of our core. And Doug Armstrong did, and he's the expert, so I'm fine with that. And he's also in the room and knows that side of it more. Mm, at least you're not in the room. At least has people that are in the room, and can talk to Baruby and can talk to Tarasenko and Schwartz and figure out who his leaders are and who needs to stay. But the whole Thomas thing does really bother me because it's like Robert Thomas needs to be playing. 18 20 minutes a game sooner rather than later i know there are people that say he's still developing he's still learning he's really not (laughs) i mean he is because all players playing in the nhl are all the time Mm -hmm. but the idea that i mean he is very young but he needs to be still developing and still learning in the way that you know jack hughes or quinn hughes or kale mccarr are and i'm not saying he's quite on their level but top, top young players don't develop and learn by being sheltered 
most of the time. I think they, especially for several seasons, mm-hmm. I think they usually kind of get thrown in the deep end and learn as they go because people trust that their skill will get them there. Now, we had the luxury of protecting him because the team with top prospects are usually not good teams and need top prospects in prominent positions. But it just, I don't know, the the eight years with uh, Thomas is the main part of this that bothers me. Um, with that said, I mean, the 6.5 is really good. And I really do believe that you've got to be good now. You can't worry about eight years from now. And that's true with all teams, but it's especially true when you just won the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the idea that we're just loading up with the same team and going forward permanently because I think we do quickly for we tell the story, but I think we largely forget that the team that was last in the league on January 3rd is still this same team. Like it's capable of both. And I don't think it's capable of that again, but there are, probably some problems hidden below the surface and i don't know what they are the powerpoint is obviously awful as we'll talk about but i all i'm saying is like i don't i never like the idea of hey we want a cup let's just try to you know freeze this team in carbonite and carry them forward you know the things mm-hmm. that the capitals did and then you'll notice got bounced in the first round um that worries me. But I like Braden Shin. None of this is against Braden Shin. We love every player that won a cup for this team and always will forever. So it's not that. I just think, I just have my concerns about how, I guess, I, I just saw the team being built in a different way long term. And I think having to reorient my perspective on that is a lot of why I'm still kind of a little bit like, I don't know about this deal. Now, as we'll discuss, Braden Shin has done a terrific job <laughs> of making this deal seem a lot sweeter. Well, yeah, in, in the games after he signed it. Well, the whole thing is going to feel fine for the first yeah. four or five years. And I think that's it's ultimately the back three that gets kind of scary. If if we win another cup or even just really good and competitive for the next five years, we need to be able to remember that in if year six and seven and eight kind of rough for this team you know and Mm. doug armstrong has been really good at building consistently and the cap should go up and and i think we are forgetting that with the shin deal and the and the falk extension there's a built-in safety valve with the uh expansion draft Mm. i think you can expose guys that an expansion team will be willing to build their roster around that you might not want to anymore. The only thing I ever wonder about that, because of how often people say it, is if they're, like, savvy, if they are like George Mm -hmm. McPhee or whatever, I don't know if they're going to want the contracts that are still five years out. They're going to want the big-name player that has a big salary to hit the cap floor, but then they can just say adios to. Yeah, maybe. But you never know. But The nice thing about this Braden Shen contract, too, is the last two years, the actual salary goes down to like $4 million. So if you want yeah. to ship him somewhere and he agrees to go, a team like, we'll always throw out the exact same team, the team like Carolina or Ottawa <laughs> that needs to hit the cap floor but doesn't have the money 
that they actually want to be spending the actual money on that player, he's a candidate to get moved. Yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to mention. He has a full no t- trade clause through 2025, which does not expect does not affect his expansion draft mm-hmm. capabilities because only no movements do. Um, and then he has a 15 team list starting after that from the final three seasons of the contract. The uh, actual salary in the final two years is uh, $4.3 million and $4 million. I just noticed, too, this is kind of interesting, that the third year, which I guess that would be a second year in Seattle, if hypothetically. So never mind, because the expansion draft happens after next season, right? I believe that the first season will be twenty one, twenty two. I believe the some of those are lock or like lockout numbers. Uh, okay, okay. Or like they're yeah, yeah, yeah. based around the probably. year that there could be a lockout. Yeah, that's probably true. Um. So anyway, that that part was wrong, but yeah, I mean, this is, listen, we won a cup. There's a lot to be excited about. I'm not letting this drag me down necessarily, but it was just it was kind of out of the blue because I really thought it was going to be Petrangelo first and then maybe Shen. Yeah, and I but guess, not Shen first. I guess we can talk about that now because there were heavy rumors with uh, Petrangelo's agency being in um, Toronto and uh, with um, us being in a, in Ontario the whole week pretty much that uh, a deal might be getting done with his group this weekend this week that didn't come to fruition are you surprised by that did you think it was going to happen or are you still pretty much status quo no i didn't think it was going to happen this week but i think it is going to happen soon before thanksgiving like i really do yes they've talked there's been so much smoke around him just signing here and being okay signing here and the fact that we signed Shen first Uh makes me think okay now they know they're gonna sign petrangelo because there's not this whole there's not this firestorm of like, oh my god, where's the money coming from, or how much we're we gonna sign him for. I don't. If he signs here, it's gonna be for eight years. I'm almost certain of it. I think he might be. He's probably worth eight years versus Braden Shen, mm-hmm. even though Petrangelo's older because I think he's just going to age better and he has a well, skill set. Yeah, a skill set that fits him and isn't gonna age necessarily. I was surprised when I listened to Puck Soup this week mm-hmm. that um, they were pretty warm, I would say, on the uh, Shen extension mm-hmm. and kind of talked about how he's a smarter player and a less physical player whose game will age uh, well with everything else. For Shen? With, That's yeah, which, I don't know. I mean, but they're usually pretty smart, so... I guess I take it as a good sign. But with Petrangelo, I think it's going to happen for sure. I'm like 99% sure this yeah. is happening. It's going to be like, it's going to be eight years. I'm guessing, eight I've seen years. rumors where people say the Blues want to get them at the 8. like 8.25 or whatever. Oh God, not the 2.7. That's got to be. Who's the, who is it that's 8.25 somewhere out there as a defenseman? Um, I don't know. I'll look it up. Anyways, I know they want to get him around there, and I know he probably wants something, you know, nine. $9 million or above, and I'm sure they'll settle that. If I had to put a number on it, it's probably going to be 8. Oliver Ekman-Larsen yeah, is Yeah, thank you. Thank you. He that's should the one I certainly read. be above Ekman-Larsen, but Brent Burns 
and John Carlson and Jacob Fruba and Victor Hedman are all below that. So it's a little bit of a weird middle ground. Well, I think I read something today and I was trying to find it was see if it was Pierre Lebrun or who it was. Uh, might have been um, Bob McKenzie. But uh, somebody reported that they kind of think that eventually Petrangelo would just have to make a decision about whether he wanted to stay because there was only so far that the... Um, Blues were willing to go, oh, yeah. which I, I think is true, but I also don't think it's as ominous as some people. Oh, I'm probably. sure they'd be willing to go closer to 10, but I think Doug Armstrong is one of these GMs that is not going to give someone a contract with AAV yeah. over $10 million. Um, I don't think he's going to do that until players are regularly making over that. And I don't mean like the handful that mm. are today. I mean, like you got people like... I don't know, a quarter of the league yeah. is making over $10 million, then he'll start playing that game. But until then, or he's forced to because it's just a generational player, I think in one of his comments, even he kind of, he doesn't throw the team under a bus, but he pretty much says, we won, and maybe it was in one of those quotes, as a team effort, mm -hmm. and no one on this team is like a superstar that is, deserves <laughs> that true. money. And I mean, no, and he's 100% right, straight shooter, that's the truth. I mean, O'Reilly, so maybe, but he's on a contract right yeah. now. So. And I think that's the the one thing, I, and then we can move on to games. I, I think the Blues have a lot of power in negotiating, specifically because their two highest profile players, if not their two best players, are both on $7.5 million deals for four more years. So while you can say, hey, those deals were signed four years ago, I deserve to make more than that, you can't be like, I deserve to make a crazy a amount more third yeah. again as much money as them you know and and i i definitely can see pitching to those guys petrangelo making more because of the timing and he's the captain and all that but i don't think they i don't think that petrangelo can go to those guys or go to the team and say well i deserve you know 10 million because they can just say hey no you don't look <laughs> at your teammates and and at the same token i don't think the team can go back to those guys with contracts not that they would say no or would have the right to say no or anything, but um, I don't think that they can go back to those guys with contracts that are uh, astronomically higher than theirs and say, well, sorry, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know when, uh, who was it, when they signed Stastny? Stastny. Army asked, like, Steen and Tarasenko, yeah. I think, at the time. Well, I guess he didn't make, I guess, was that before Tarasenko's extension? It must have been, because that was four years, five years ago, but... Yeah, I think they asked Steen or somebody if they were okay with someone making more money than him. So it isn't, what we're not just talking out of our ass, which was, yeah, like, what, six million at the time. But uh, in any case, yeah, well, I mean, we'll obviously know. We, the only way we can really know how the Shen extension works out is to be eight years from now, and we're not eight years from now. Oh, so. I'll be 38. Uh Will you? 37? I don't know. Yeah, whatever it is. I'll be closer to 40 <laughs> than I am comfortable with. That's right. And then pretty much dead after that, right? Um, give or take, give or take. The Dallas Stars game, I was unable to watch uh, for reasons I will not discuss, actually. I, I would be happy to. I went to a local <laughs> wrestling event at the behest of a friend, and it was awesomely terribly awesome it was terrific and i loved it and it was awful and i loved it uh but yeah you watched this game so mm. why don't you talk us through it uh i missed this first goal because i was late so there you go 
David Perron Late. opens the scoring a minute 21 into the first period, assisted by Blay and Pareko. Uh, Preko received the puck from O'Reilly as he crosses center ice. He passes the puck to his left to Blay. Blay enters the Dallas zone, and Preko drives hard to the net. Blay passes the puck to Perron, who has skated to the top of the right circle, and Perron fires the wrister up and over Bishop's glove. David Perron never seems not excited to score a goal. Oh, he's a, he's a, a lesser Scotty Upshaw yeah. in terms of celebratory Total um, energy yeah scores, yeah no he's super jazzed also the blues wore their uh third jerseys as they do every saturday i believe very nice so nice third uh third home games right i think it's just saturday home game well yeah they're not wearing them in away games so. Sorry. i assume I'm the sorry. hockey fans that listen know I'm that. an idiot we used to wear white at home so that doesn't apply here I'll never be. I'll never be for white for white jerseys at home. Not a not a not a thing I get. Yeah. Kudos to those of you who. Are so there. there's a couple trends that start in this game. David Perron scores a goal. He'll hey, be scoring more of those later. The Stars score a shorthanded goal. Also, unfortunately, a trend that continues. Uh, Matthias Yamark, eleven minutes and four seconds into the first period, is unassisted. But we should give the assist to Jaden Schwartz. We should yeah. give the goal to Jaden Yeah, Schwartz. I mean, really, make him wear it. When he scores his first goal of the season for us, it will actually be his negative, his, his zeroth goal. Oh, boy. Jaden Schwartz, I feel like, is just a cursed man. So Yanmark pokes <laughs> the puck out of the Dallas zone and is in on a partial break. Dunn almost gets to him in time, but Yanmark is still able to get a shot away. Bennington makes the save, but the puck <laughs> bounces off of him and lands in the paint, blue paint to his left. Schwartz is driving hard to the net with the intention, I'm assuming, of clearing the puck out of the crease as fast as he can, but he is skating so fast that when he tries to stop, he hits the puck, sending it into the back of the Blues net, and then proceeds to take out his mouth guard and mouth, and I'm sure he says out loud, fuck. <laughs> I like the idea that he just mouthed that. <laughs> yeah, you know. We like... both, for the benefit of the viewers at home, we just both mouthed it, but, uh... Yeah, I'm sure he was set up very loudly. Mm. Probably like uh, <laughs> I forget, I forget what exactly, but Keon Washkarak, the Blues prospect at Traverse City, at one point was name drop. Tried to, <laughs> tried to fight a guy on the ice, and they wouldn't engage, and he cursed at him so loud through this like tiny, largely empty arena that like everybody heard what he said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was not a great goal. Yeah, and I mean. In this, let's see, where are we at here? We're still in the, the we're first. still in the first period. First period looks pretty good for the Blues. Uh, they've got twelve shots for against Dallas's eight. We had more control in that period. It looked all right. The shorthanded goal stunk, but it, in general, I thought we had the better of the play. The second period started and it looked bad from start to finish. Blues oh, only... so a trend starting of the Blues yeah. only playing two periods. Interesting. Yeah, yeah pick a period. Pick Not any really one starting. period. That's been a trend forever. But... Yeah. They were 31.58% in Corsi 4 this period. The Blues let in a goal from Miro Heiskanen, his first of the season. Again, unassisted. Do you perhaps mean Heiskanen? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is what I call him. This uh, wasn't great for Bennington. Yeah, Bennington makes a great initial save on... Which one did, am I supposed to call him? Haskin. Haskin, then. 
as he tries to tip the puck into the net Did from up close. Over his back? Did that like slide down his back? Yeah, so the rebound goes to Benkin's left where Hintz flicks the puck back to the crease, hoping for a tap in by Radulov. The puck bounces off Radulov, Schwartz, or Bennington, I cannot tell. And back to the left corner, Heinz? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do the rest of Heiskanen. Heiskanen, uh, Heiskanen. <laughs> this is your Nylander, yep. Nylander. Yep, absolutely. Collects the puck the in the way, goal right line, now, in the corner and roofs it over Bennington's left shoulder. That's where you're seeing it roll down his back. By the way, right now, couldn't tell you how to pronounce William and Alex's last name. Nylander? It's Nylander. Nylander. No, don't like it. Don't think like does it. it have a k should there, be pronounced there knee, can no. only be one was his dad was it was this like the thing I'm where they sure. pre, tra, were petrangelo they pronounced peter his, angelo his uncle as peter angelo so now all these old announcers just think that's the way to do it uh, that could be the case maybe yeah not a great look from bennington just because it's such a severe angle and it, he's kind of over in time but that. it's angle was severe <laughs> it's a, also a good shot but really it's kind of, there's there's some post that's uncovered uh-huh he's kind of down low for a guy that sits pretty high normally when he's on his knees so who's to say but like i said second period pretty bad for the blues third period though one of the better trends the blues have one of the few good trends aside from winning games is that this, their third periods are fantastic. This game's all about the fluky weird goals, Yeah, huh? so Braden Shen... We've got the marvelous gifts from Jefferson Jofferson in the uh, show notes here today, so thanks like, as What are they called? Gifs? Gifs. Gifs, I think. Yeah. Gif peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Choosy moms, choose Gif. Gif. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Braden Shen's first goal of the season. Some more trends, I guess, in a way. Uh, four minutes and 27 seconds into the third period, assisted by Tarasenko and Schwartz. Shen shoots the puck from the top left circle. Bishop gets a piece of it with his left shoulder, but not enough as it pops up and rolls into the net. Petrangelo dove for the puck, trying to help it in the net. And from the looks of all that that happened, it looked a lot like Maroon's Game 7 goal. It was, it was, uh, it was nice to see... Braden Shen, get on the board after signing that contract. Mm-hmm. You like to see guys. Was it Steen after he signed his con- his $6 million contract? Do you think he had a two or three goal game yeah. the day after? So it gets, puts a Jimmy in back your in, Back in the brighter days of his contract. That was like 2011, Shen I want to say. Shen was off the free agent floor and on the board. Board. No. Uh, Blues <laughs> you know, get their third hard goal pass, hard pass. Uh, right in the middle of the third period. Sammy Blaze, second of the season, assisted by Gunnarsson and O'Reilly. Gunnarsson shoots a wrist shot from the left point. The puck rises and Blay gets a piece of it. Or did it get a piece of Blay? Because it does seem to kind of hit him in the back. He's not really doing anything. The puck changes direction, heads down to the ice, under Bishop's pads, and in the net for a goal. That's pretty much all she wrote. That's your 3-2 game, baby. Uh, Blues... A, a tidal wave of emotions here. Come out strong, <laughs> go down in the second period. They look awful in the second period. Just awful. <laughs> um, which I just want to emphasize because really, even though I well, love we'll this team. We'll come back to that. Yeah, even though I love this team, I do love ripping them. It, uh-huh. makes, it makes it more fun. And the third period, they actually looked really, really good. I thought they, I don't know what Baruby said to him other than probably wake the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, they looked really good. And I thought Bennington had some really good saves to lock this period down in the third period as well. So Bennington has looked sharp for the most part in what I've I seen. I think him. he has. I think he's the reason we beat Toronto almost exclusively. But mm-hmm. um, I think he's looked 
any you know any any lingering fears that I had that he was gonna be a real one hit wonder and just collapse are pretty much gone now. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know that he'll be. What about a world beater? Mid season collapse. Oh boy. What about the Christmas Mike, collapse? Mike Yo's gone oh. though. So, folks, look out for the Flyers to have about a ten game losing <laughs> streak this year, right around the holiday period. Uh, they'll be. Just zooming too. Everybody will put them in their midseason playoff updates, and then, <laughs> uh, does it work as an assistant coach? We'll find out. They'll Maybe go on a five game shorter. Losing it's like seven or yeah, exactly. Someone will silence him. <laughs> At the end of this game, after those stars have pulled their goalie, there's a little bit of a scrum in front of uh, Bennington. There, Petrangelo gave a good shove to Ben, who he kind of pushes into the net and over Bennington. Uh, ben kind of gets up and tries to put a headlock on Matrangelo and that we don't see in the gif here is then they fall back down on Bennington. And Ben does his best P.K. Subban impression, his best just regular Jamie Ben impression, and just pretty much lays on Bennington the whole time. It's kind of his only move. Uh, I was fine with it. I didn't really care. It was shenanigans. People seem to be upset well, with Jamie it on Twitter. Jamie Ben's an asshole. Yeah, Petrangelo and he have history. Who cares? One of them was a chair for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, that was the game. It was good. I'm glad we beat the Stars. It's always good to uh, have divisional games, I think, early just to get the juices flowing again. Speaking of uh, Halloween, our, our spooky episode is just three weeks away, folks. So be excited for that. I don't know why I went into my NPR DJ voice for this discussion, but I hope it's spooky. <laughs> yeah, uh, good win over your divisional opponents. Our, that was our first divisional game of the season. Well, our second game, but yeah. Oh, yeah, but it still Correct. counts, yeah. and our only so far. Uh, so we have the Toronto Maple Leafs on the docket next, a big trip to, ah, uh, shit, Scotiabank Arena? Oh, I was like, Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Yeah, Scotiabank. I, I, they, are all, they only had three companies, and they've all named two of the stadiums. Yeah, and they're interchangeable, so it was really just... What are the companies in Canada? There's Bell. yeah. Scotiabank, Scotiabank, Air Can- Canada, Canadian Tire, Canadian Tire and Pizza M- 76. MTS, there's MTS. MTS, yeah. There's a couple other ones. Pizza Rogers, 76. Rogers. Yeah, right, right. Pizza 76. <laughs> pizza, 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 which is not Little Caesars. No, it's not. It's a distinct company. Boston Pizza. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Tim, that's a given. That's a given. Molson's. Molson Canadian. Um, and that's it. I poutine, think we named them all. Poutine.com. <laughs> poutine Incorporated. Exactly. Uh, so, um, the Blues uh, were against the Maple Leafs. This was the day where there was a lot of speculation uh, about Petrangelo signing. He didn't sign, nor did he come out dressed as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, as much as that Kapanen trade that someone offered us on Twitter is so, so appealing. But uh, um, first goal, pretty nondescript. I don't remember what... I mean, it was chaotic, mostly, right? This was a heavily outshot period for us, I think. I didn't call up... Uh, um, what's it yet but i will do that as we speak it was i got a, you fam it was a pretty okay thank you it was a pretty uh chaotic period and i think bennington stood tall a lot of the time but uh it ended up being no scoring in that period and we made our way to the dressing room uh at a nothing nothing score which is good i mean i think 
Toronto, I just know from following Steve Dangle, is pretty bad about starting on time. So you'd like to see the Blues come out and really take advantage of him early. But they're also very lethal. And Austin Matthews had a couple of really good opportunities and I think hit some posts early on. And uh, this was his first game without a goal of the season. So uh, if it comes right down to you having to choose between you know, being scoreless at the end of one and being down at the end of one, I know what I'd choose, you know. They did outshoot us in the first period, 15 to 7. Yeah, I knew it was heavy. I forgot yeah. how heavy. The I think flow we, was heavy. <laughs> we tallied a few more at the end, but yeah, it was it was a rough first period. Yeah, pick, did, a, pick a period, it's going to be rough. Did they have a, an expected goal in that period? Did the Blues? No, they got the Maple Leafs. They had a .42, or no, they had a 1.1 expected there we goal go. for That feels right. We had a .42. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Um, I don't have any idea what those numbers, how they're calculated or what they mean, but they sound fancy, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume they mean what the name implies. <laughs> just... we, we expected technically a little <laughs> bit more than one goal from the Leafs yeah. and under half a goal. <laughs> from the Blues. Are you expect a goal from the Blues in this period or not? The answer is not not no yep uh vince dunn is very good at peaking keeping the puck in the zone uh i think i wrote that note right before he then made kind of a dunderheaded boy in the other <laughs> direction but hey uh bennington made a series of great saves to keep the blues in the game and oscar sunquist scored his first goal of the season eight minutes eight and a half minutes into the first more trends. second period with uh ivan Barbashev assisting and Ultimately, Jordan Bennington getting his first career NHL point. Uh, I wonder if he got the puck. Probably, right? They'd probably I hope do so. That. Um, they said, you want this? Go get it. <laughs> and threw it into the crowd. <laughs> to his parents. Oh, So cute. Venner uh, backhanded it out from the trapezoid, and Steen had a nifty play along his own boards in the zone to, to keep, get it to Barbashev. Uh, but I guess he didn't actually ultimately touch it because he didn't get the assist. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Barbashev got it crossing the blue line and stretched past to Sunquist as he was entering the zone. Uh, Tyson Berry gave him too much space and did not look good. And Sunquist um, fired a heavy slapper that I think Anderson certainly should have stopped. Uh, but he didn't. And it was one to uh, nothing very early on. Or not very early on, about halfway through the game. The opposite <laughs> of early on. Um, but yeah, I mean, at that point you feel pretty good because you feel like you've weathered the storm and you're out ahead. It's another, seems like another strong second period for us. But uh, quickly thereafter, about three minutes later, Freddie or Frederick, very fancy, and mm. Gautier, I didn't know that ended with a K. I like it less oh, now. Oh, yeah. Uh, is he one of them Swedes? Is he like Frederick Anderson, who's a Dane? Excuse me, he's not a Swede. Uh, Fred, Freddie Gautier, the GOAT, gets his second goal of the season, assisted by Jason Spezza and Nick Patan. Um, Bennington got over to make a good save, a good first save, but he's out of position, and Spezza manages to flip it over him to Gautier, who's... Uh, as wide open and has a wide open net as you can be, and no one can hold him off. And Spezza, I think they looked at this for high stick. It was right at the bar, uh, but it was legal, and it's a good goal. Then uh, just 
24 seconds later, did you look up Freddy Gautier? If you look up Freddy, Frederick Gautier and you look at his last name also, you'll figure out that he's most certainly French. French-Canadian. Yeah, of course. I because Gautier, oh, gee, how, why would you... Gauthier. Gauthier. His name's Gauthier. <laughs> <laughs> France is so weird. Uh, the second goal is really just, hey, the Leafs are really good at hockey and have some extraordinarily talented players. Yep. This is one of the only goals in this whole stretch of games that I don't feel really any culpability for. Um, there was a... Uh, yeah, it was just a William Nylander basically making the play happen. He got the puck and sped up ice, dropped it to CeCe as he entered the zone. CeCe one time the pass, cross ice to Andreas Janssen. CeCe does not have an insane skill level, but he did manage to do well on this play. And then Janssen himself one time to pass to Nylander, who's now alone to Bennington's left, dangled around Bennington, and dumped it behind him. It happened much faster than I could say it, and it was an insane goal. And, and William Nylander, damn it, damn it, Stephen, damn it. You got it. I did that time, but not all the other times oh. I just said it. Uh, William <laughs> Nylander scored his second goal of the season. I've become immune to your pronunciation. Already more than he scored all of last season. That's not quite true, but he was pretty bad after signing mm-hmm. that contract last year. It so. looks very good to start uh, the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, he's making more than Braden Shen, but he's not a Stanley Cup champion, so uh, get daggered. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Braden Shen, he would score with just 48 seconds left in the period. Ian, what do we say about late goals? Oh, they're bad. Oh, they're, they're not, not so good. good. They're, they're not daggers. so good. Jaden and Vladimir Tarasenko each get their second assists of the season. Uh, there was a brilliant Vince Dunn keep in at the line, but what else is new? Mm, he fired. So good. He fired to Shen at the far circle in a lot of space. Shen dusted it off and didn't shoot, uh, which I thought was a mistake at the time, but he passed to Schwartz crash, crashing the middle. Schwartz couldn't bury the backhander, but the puck went behind Devova, gave it back to Schwartz, who tried a shot pass thing to the center that got deflected, and then it kind of just died on the ice behind a man in front of Shen, who uh, deked around him and beat Anderson five-hole. I'm going to say, again, not a great look for Freddie Anderson. Mm. He was a very good goalie, but... Their defense looked suspect in oh, this they're game. Not the most suspect they'll look this week, but pretty suspect, Morgan, yes. Morgan Riley, their Norris Trophy <laughs> not candidate, but wanted to be candidate last uh, year. and had a very good season last year. Looked awful yeah, in this game. Yeah, did not look good at all. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not a contender to me, very or particularly just, near it. I don't see how they. I don't see how that team could get past both the Bruins and the Lightning to mm-hmm. get to a conference final where they still might have to beat the Capitals or someone. You know, like the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference is such a slog mm-hmm. when you compare it. what we had to go through last year. I mean, I'm glad we survived it, and it was not easy. But you imagine if you had those three teams instead of the three we did. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the third period now, and they called offsetting minors on Gunnarsson and Moore for holding, which was a nothing call, and cross-checking, which was a mostly nothing call. Uh, Pareko got a two-on-one break with Shorts and never even thought about shooting it because he's Colton Pareko, 
And that's his biggest flaw. It's like his Achilles heel. Like if Achilles had a heel that was his biggest weakness, it'd be like that. Mm -hmm. Then there was a Banshee woman in the crowd. Your (laughs) thoughts on the Banshee woman? She was for us, I'm pretty sure. Every time every time the blues scored either very drunk or actually demon possessed. Yeah. It was quiet when the blues would score and you just hear So loud, so long. And she must have been by a mic of some kind, you know. And or all, she's just that loud. I'm sure all the businessmen in the front row who are the only people that can afford tickets to that city, but at least they have an airport. Um, I'm sure they were very displeased, but it didn't matter. She kept on tr- trucking. <laughs> you keep on trucking, girl. Uh, <laughs> Alex Petrangelo. Uh, the King City boy done proud scored the game winner in this game, 751 into the third. His second goal, Perron's second assist, and Boy's second assist. Uh, O'Reilly cycled the tuck bu- puck behind the net for Boy. Boy skated out to the left board, tried to put the puck to the slot, but the puck goes off of Barry's skate and behind the net again. Perron collected the puck and followed Boy to uh, Boy's path to the left boards. And then Perron then passed the puck through the slot to Petrangelo on the opposite side of the ice, who managed to corral the puck and wrist it to the back of the net before Anderson has time to get over. And hey, hey, what am I going to say? Anderson wasn't great on this play. (laughs) Uh, Three goals he let in. None of them do I feel like he just got beat. You know, like, I feel mm. like he wasn't great on all of them. I don't know. But it uh, doesn't matter. Good enough for the Blues to win. I think they had a, a late press. They had their six on five. And, of course, we were never going to bury an empty oh. netter because we don't do that. Although we we're about to, but it's against the Ottawa Senators. So does it really count? Um, we'll find out. But, um, yeah, what did you think about the Toronto game in general? I thought it was a good come from behind victory especially against a team that really should have put more goals on us I uh-huh. thought overall despite the fact that uh we didn't look great in the first and started really slow i thought it was a good defensive effort overall i thought bennington yeah. kept us in early like you mentioned and we were able to clamp down late which seems to be like i said a strength of ours that's continued over from the playoffs which is nice to see I guess I would rather us end games well mm-hmm. than be flailing around, but also I'd like a full 60 minutes. But <laughs> either way, I shouldn't complain. If you're going to get picky, I don't know. Yeah, I, there's a few things I want to talk about, but they're more like trends we can talk about after the Ottawa game. Okay, sure. Um, why don't we go ahead and go there then? You want me to carry the ball or you want to take this one? Oh, God, am I at work? I'll do it. Sorry, people say ball all the time. Like, would you like the ball? Would you like to present? I I hate that. So I'll do it. Um, Because I want to (laughs) dagger this team anyway. What a disgusting performance (laughs) against the worst team in the league by a wide margin. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you got the win. Two points. The Toronto win was big. The Toronto win was big. It's a great team. It's on home ice. Mm-hmm. You showed the kind of tenacity that this same team last season would never have shown that early in the season. So good work. And in this game, you also showed tenacity, although I don't know how much credit you deserve for it because you shouldn't <laughs> have to be tenacious against the Ottawa Senators. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's just start from the top here. Vitaly Abram- Ab- Abramov. Abramov, it's one of those weird... Abramov. Russian. No, 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 no. It's one of those weird Russian things where you 
emphasize the wrong syllable. But in any case, Abramov. I think it's I think it's Abramov. But in any case, he scored his first goal of the season. Great for me because I have a couple of his rookie cards uh, that you know are are a little rare. So I'd love him to be great. Not great for Jake Allen. The assists come from Scott Sabarin and Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, Sabarin's first assist, although he already had a goal. Uh, in the NHL after seven seasons in the minor leagues. And uh, Nikita Zaitsev's, I would guess, first point or at least first assist as an Ottawa Senator. The puck went around the boards here and Allen was in the trapezoid and the puck just hopped under, I think, his stick before he got it down and went behind him. Um, Sabarin was there and sneaked around Petrangelo, who could have done more here to make a nice backhand pass in front of the net, and uh, Abramoff, Abramoff, whatever, Abramoff, was there to knock home the basically empty netter before Allen could scramble around back in front. Um, I feel like we've seen this kind of goal a fair amount with Jake Allen, where he doesn't play a puck particularly well and it mm-hmm. comes back to bite him. Just don't play the puck, man. <sighs> I'm not. I'm gonna do my best not to make this a Barry Jake Allen game because the team was sloppy crap, and I'm not denying that. But mm, there are concerns. We'll talk about them mm-hmm. afterwards. The Blues have a useless power play shortly after the goal. The glass breaks with about three minutes left, and in a turn of events that I don't think I've ever seen before, uh, they send the players to the locker rooms to clean it up and uh, decide that they'll just end the period there, do intermission, and play the final two minutes and ten seconds of the first period after the intermission, Mm -hmm. and then have a short break to switch sides and do the second period. So that was strange, Mm -hmm. um, but it happened, and it bit us in the butt, because with less than a minute left, I think, with yeah, just under 53 seconds left in the first period, technically period um artem anisimov scored uh he loves scoring on us so much as a blackhawk that he did it again as a senator and connor brown and vladislav namisnikov newly arrived from the rangers uh mm-hmm. were on the assists o'reilly frankenstein team so bizarre it's like there are players on here that i wouldn't be embarrassed to have on on the blues but i and like a third or depth role i was looking at them and they're like oh but they're your stars yeah this is everyone's third and fourth line (laughs) yeah exactly um o'reilly botched a handle at the blue line which is obviously not something you see him do much and brown uh, made a nice play to get it deep bowmeister got over to it but lost it again and um he chipped it to brown who centered to anisimov for the one-timer, one-timer home, excuse me, uh, Nemesnikov chipped it to Brown, who got it for the one-timer. And that one, again, you know, I don't think it's Jake Allen's fault because it's a defensive breakdown, but also the puck goes right through him. Uh, Swoosh. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's not a good look for anybody. Second period, uh, he gave up the puck. Allen gave up the puck again behind the net in the second period, but he did make a, a flurry of saves on the Senators on a 2 on 0 uh, and uh, made another bad play out of the net later in the period, which, hey, let's uh, let's just stop making plays out of the net. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but those saves on the 2 on oh, you know, arguably were the difference in this game, so credit to him, because if he hadn't made those, it's 3 on oh, and then probably we'd just cave and mm-hmm. it's whatever. Um, but it was enough to propel us to the middle of the period where David Perron scored a power play goal 
David Perron scoring again, his second of the season. Ryan O'Reilly's <laughs> He's four, doing it again. Fourth assist and Alex Petrangelo's first. Uh, this was mostly Perron's doing. He just got the puck with a lot of space along the wall and stepped up and toe-dragged around Ron Hainsey, who is a very old and overpaid pylon, but a pylon nonetheless, and then he sniped it home far side. It was his 200th career goal. Uh, Perron had made a similar play just before, but had dropped the puck to Falk. And so this was kind of a crafty play. And I think, as we'll talk about in a minute here, I think we forget how valuable David Perron is. Not the least of which because he's the player that you and I sometimes yeah, just forget is on the, the team, team altogether. But uh, he's definitely a very valuable piece for this team. And um, he's the kind of player that is here at the right time for the right price. And uh, that contract so good. already Excuse looks so, so good now and i can't see how it could go south fast enough for it to not look great in the what? long run oh not look great i was like for anything to happen to him well the well, seattle yeah, expansion yeah, draft yeah, of course seattle, naturally but that's a different story uh the blues scored two minutes later oscar sunquist second goal of the year alex dean's first assist face off to nilson's right and sunquist grabbed it out of a scrum and immediately fired it home oscar sunquist isn't a pretend person He's a real boy. <laughs> I was like, it's good to see them scoring. I was a little worried about the fourth line there and uh-huh. their effectiveness yeah. moving forward. And they've actually, they've done all right. I think they've done all right thus far this this short yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, they're not the line I'm most worried about right now. Yeah, that's. What, I guess that's what I mean. It's we'll like, yeah, as long that. as they're pitching in here and there, I'm totally fine with uh, it. This next one is the real embarrassment of the game and is one of the other trends. <laughs> ah, the creme de la creme. earlier. Uh, it is a shorthanded goal from Chris Tierney with about two minutes left. Falk, Justin Falk, newly arrived from the Carolina Hurricanes. Great man, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Not an impressive showing with the Blues yet. He could use a real, like, get-right game. A couple of points, a couple of nice defensive plays, maybe a big hit. I'm waiting for my Justin Falk goal, baby. That's right. Uh, he made a brutal play to let Tierney get around him in the neutral zone. Petro catches up but can't quite corral Tierney and uh even with Petrangelo draped all over him he still buried it short side short side on Allen could Allen have done more yes should he have done more yes is it his fault kind of 50 I mean he, cover the post listen here's cover the thing the I'm I'm tired of talking about Jake Allen you're tired of talking about Jake Allen we're all tired of talking about Jake Allen which was part of the reason a lot of us wished he was traded this summer, but oh, that would have that would have never ended. No, they would have been true. like, "Look how good he is on the Carolina Hurricanes." Two things can be true at once: a defensive breakdown can happen that puts the goalie in a bad position, at a disadvantage, and he can also still perform badly at that disadvantage, <laughs> and that's what happened here. Jake Allen has not made a lot of stops on breakaways in recent memory. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, his last start was like 73 years ago. So did I use 73 before when I... That's weird. Um, anyway, but... Um, You're just having an we'll aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with the number 73, folks. You tell me why. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... I'm not going to pick on Jake Allen. This game wasn't all his fault. It was partly his fault. Moving on, he's a backup goalie. At least we won the game. Um, The Blues (laughs) scored 90 seconds into the third period, which is 
really seriously the theme of this game is that as bad as we were, the Sens are just that much worse. There's always a chance to win when you're playing <laughs> yeah, the Senators. Exactly. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly got his fifth assist in the second point of the game. Colton Pareko his second assist of the season. Uh, Jay Bomeister took a big slapper from deep in the point, and it's a seeing-eye shot that finds its way through and doesn't touch anybody, I don't think. Blay was in front, uh, but I don't think it hit him, and it's just a queen goal for Jay Bomeister. his one and only goal mm-hmm. of the season. Well, you think he hits three over under 2.5? He got his first one very early, Jordan. Um, Over. There we go. He's I'll getting three. He's getting four. Four. Oh, my God. One every quarter. Oh, boy. Yeah, good job for Sammy Blay on this goal for being the big body in front. Just goes to show. That's what you need. Um, physically on the ice, we have someone to replace Pat Maroon. Yes. Um, not in heart or love. Not in ability, heart or though. being from Oakville. So, yeah. You know, the Oakville per things. 60 quotient is off the charts. Yeah, does Sammy Blay like eating toasted ravioli probably out not. of the cup? He probably probably not. eats like escargot and oh, stupid 100%. French shit. Cafe au lait and stuff like that. Is that Poutine a... with snails oh, on it. Oh, yeah. Lots of snails. <laughs> extra, I need extra snails on this poutine. <laughs> Y'all got a shaker full of snails? <laughs> like a crushed, a crushed pepper thing, but with snails. Ew. All right. Um, 12 minutes later, give or take. Uh, 11 minutes later, give or take. Brady Kachuk made an oopsie and he tried the weird back pass thing that was a weird long turnover and Braden Shin skated in with the puck and beat Nilsson in mostly alone and it was four to three and everyone thought hey the Blues are gonna run away with this thing anyway but Anthony Duclair made it not so a few minutes later scoring his first goal of the season Bobby Ryan's first assist um so many weird names on that team. <laughs> Just a shot that beats Alan Queen five hole. I mean, it wasn't a good play to get there, and it was a bad play behind the net. It was another one of a both and situation, but uh, it's four four, and I'm starting to worry. But just less than a minute later, David Prawn, his third goal in as many games, I think, his second in this one, mm-hmm. uh, and Tyler Bozak's first assist. Perron got a nice feed from Bozak entering the zone and then shot it off the top of Nilsson's pad because Jake Allen wasn't great, but Nilsson's even worse. (laughs) And um, that goes in off the top. It goes off his pad and then hits the crossbar and lands in. It's David Perron's 115th point in his last 130 regular season games. Unbelievable. To me. Yeah, no, he's he's been extraordinary since leaving for Vegas. He really has been a different player. Um, the nice thing is that he came back and stayed a largely yeah, different yeah. player. Uh, but I'm sure finding chemistry with Ryan O'Reilly helped that, but Ryan O'Reilly didn't magically make either of these goals tonight. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even on the ice for the second one, I don't think. Um, and then, speak of the devil, Ryan O'Reilly got the shorthanded goal at the end of this one to ice it away 6-4. Oh, empty uh, netter. For the... Oh, yeah, sorry, empty netter. I was like, oh, shit, we got one. <laughs> uh, he did a nice job of, of knocking down a, an errant high pass from Bozak and then skated in alone and buried it in the empty net. So the so, Blues... So you did say it. Someone said it. What? 
acknowledge that. Sorry, I was, uh, was an inside uh, joke oh, about oh, that gotcha, tweet gotcha, we read. Gotcha. That's right, yeah, inside joke. I will make it. no preview. <laughs> no I'm, explanation for sorry, that. Sorry, folks. <laughs> That's what the Patreon's for. <laughs> the Patreon that we will start when people start demanding to give us money for our yeah. product. You need make your voices heard. <laughs> With um, dollars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, listen, it's a, it was an ugly win over a bad team, but it was still a win. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What else do you make of that game? What do you make of this stretch of games? In yeah. Game? So, we kind of talked about it. It seems like this team's having a hard time playing a full 60 minutes, with, which right now seems to be okay. Even though we've played some pretty tough teams outside of Ottawa, the Capitals and the Stars and the Maple Leafs. So we've seemed to be able to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And that's early in the season, but I'd like to see that shored up. I also think outside of Shen scoring a few goals, our top line of Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko has looked generally pretty bad. Um, I think if I look at the Corsi 4 relative for this top line here, I got it, I got it, I got it. Like, Tarasenko's is like a minus 10.6 relative course before. I think it was a minus 13 mm-hmm. in the Toronto game. I see him out there. It's just nothing is working for that line right now. Again, outside of Shen scoring goals. Uh, they aren't passing particularly well. They're not holding onto the puck very well. They've been on the ice a lot for these defensive turnovers, which turn into goals. Um... I'm sure they'll find it. I just hope they find it quickly because as much as I like David Perron scoring and these guys chipping in here and there, which is great and you need that throughout a whole season, uh-huh. I can see that drying up and us all of a sudden becoming that team my, that has a hard time scoring two goals. My panic meter is relatively high on Jaden Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Tarasenko frustrates me but he's he could always also streaky. get a hat trick yeah. at any moment and then get two goals what was it last year the next three like games and three points in december two points yeah, in december awful. and then he had I mean, like that was more awful than well the norm but then he also had like 20 yeah. points in yeah. like 12 games uh-huh. so he's always streaky and i was hoping for a hot start this year and it hasn't happened yet i would throw him on the o'reilly line and just see just mm-hmm. to break it up and see if you can wake him up and get him to have a goal or two, but um, with that said, he doesn't bother me. Schwartz is starting to concern me because he was really pretty putrid last year on the on the basic stat side. The advanced stats actually suggested he was pretty all right. Yeah. Um, but now he's off to another bad start, and he was okay. He was pretty good in the playoffs, but I was hoping he'd be hot right out of the gate this season and he hasn't been so far and that's that is troubling me more than i'd like it to Mm -hmm. i don't know he's the one i mean other than robbie fabry who i just i don't see the path back to him being an impact player on this team now Mm -hmm. if he wasn't just going to come right out of the gates as one this year uh i don't know how the how long they can afford to use an everyday roster spot on uh, Robbie Fabry as a rehab project when they have Clem Costin and ultimately Jordan Cairo when he's 100% uh, fighting for spots and Zach Sanford and, well, mostly those three guys. Um, 
I could see Robbie Fabry being traded for pennies on the dollar before the end of the season just to get him to a place where he can play more and get a chance. And and I would like that. I think that'd be good for him. But um yeah, I mean my big concern is with that top line for sure and that third line a little less so. Bozak isn't he's been fine, but he's not good enough to make subpar players great, mm. you know? And Thomas can make Thomas can elevate Bozak and the pair can in turn elevate their line mate, but they can't do it sans Thomas who's gone right now. Mm. And hopefully we'll be back soon, but that, yeah, it's that been rough. third line is just completely ineffective right now. They're mm-hmm. there. I think Bozak will be fine. He's, you know, will hit 40 points or so. He, he's looked fine. It's just the wingers are terrible at keeping the puck in the zone. Mm-hmm. They're just not a good possession line at all. And then on top of all that, you have a power play that has, has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Falk is here now. And is with Petrangelo, I believe, on a pairing for the second power today, play. Yeah. yeah, for today. Excuse and then me for yawning. I don't know why. We've moved Dunn on to the first power play, and he's quarterbacking that one. But it hasn't it hasn't changed in terms of production. It's still not a very good producing power play, which is the number one thing you want. But it's not a very good looking power play. Yeah. Passing is not great. They're not fast enough at that, and they're not. They're not moving the other team. We talked about this, I think, ad nauseum last season. They're not. If you're not going to have crisp, quick passing, you're not going to move that other team away from their diamond or box formation. And we never get. We never really get to the inside. We try to screen the goalie, but then we never really do that either. We're uh-huh. easily pushed out of the middle. I don't know what Savard changed. Uh, to me, I honestly doesn't feel like they changed much, and maybe it's just because the personnel is generally the same, and they kind of want to... My hope is that somehow, for some reason, despite the fact they had a preseason, they're trying to say, hey, let's go with some of what you guys did last year, and we're gonna, just going to tweak a little, and that'll work, and when they find out it didn't, he's going to overhaul it. Which I would have yeah. hoped he would have already done, and maybe he has, but it looks the same to me. And then... If you're not going to be overly aggressive or creative on the power play, you can't then be awful and sloppy defensively yeah. on the power play. <laughs> we have two power play goals this year across four games, still not very good. And then on top of that, we they have two shorthanded goals, uh-huh. the two we talked about uh, in this episode. It's it's troubling. It's concerning because. We won the cup, who gives a crap what we do this year, but also if you want to repeat, there's no way in the hell you're going to repeat without like an effective power play. Mm-hmm. Even though, I understand, we did it last year, I just don't think that's going to happen two years yeah. in a row unless you improve that part of your game. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. I just think that has to be improved, and if it's not, you got to find a way to make a change there, different personnel. I can't believe I mean, that these play, the all coach. these players are that bad at this. You They're know not, what I, mean? I don't know. It's just non-creative. It's just mm-hmm. totally uncreative. And I wonder if there needs to be a Sunquist or a barbershop. Like, you need to try something weird there yeah. just to get somebody out there who's, like, hungry. Mm-hmm. Because it just looks sloppy and careless. And I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know. It's just weird to me. I'm happy to not see Pat Maroon sit on the side of the net and try and stuff it. 
That's yeah. I'm glad that, that doesn't room, exist. Brutal. <laughs> um, Sammy Blaze should be out there for sure. Yeah, I feel like, like that line has been fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And they're carrying us right now as they did big chunks of last season. Uh, do you have anything more to say, or should we knock out some of these Twitter questions and comments? Yeah, let's go for it. Mailbag, mailbag right. time. That's the song. That's mailbag time. <laughs> that was a great track. You're never going to believe this. Produced by Ian Peters on the spot. I know. Uh, you were like, how did they get Kendrick Lamar <laughs> in studio? Well, uh, well, we got some news for you. A great impressionist right here in-house. <laughs> and it's Ian Peters. Uh, Tommy Hummel, our friend at Hummeltown, says... Uh, so uh, the tweet is, so after a lot of drama, we're through four games without a regulation lost. What have you liked? What worries you? What are your questions? Send us your thoughts, questions, yada, yada, yada. We'll discuss them tonight. Tommy says, like, they are good. Worries, they know they are good. Questions, are we good? Are we good, Ian? Yes. I think that they know they are good is a big thing tonight, especially, too. Mm. Like, you're in Ottawa, it's a night off because they're a terrible team. And you can't have that logic because everybody's got them for this team now. Mm-hmm. They're Stanley Cup champions. You're not sneaking up on anybody, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you got to have that. You got to be better than that. And Berube, I trust, will erase that fairly quickly. That's my faith and my hope. Uh, but I, I believe it. I don't know. I, I tend to trust that that won't happen much anymore and it can't happen again ottawa against ottawa until we're at home against them which is a whole different animal or home performances but oh yeah um <laughs> kevin bockerstedt uh says good friend of ours as well good friend mm. of mine you've never met him he doesn't exist he's mm. entirely a figment of my imagination made up uh <laughs> this one was created by a writer <laughs> uh he said i wouldn't mind a breakdown of all these shorthanded goals are they mostly alan is it a power play thing What's going on here? Well, I mean, we talked about it a little bit that they're not mostly Allen. One of them happened without Allen on the ice, mm-hmm. so they can't be mostly Allen. As Ryan Turner pointed out in the comments, he said, I mean, Allen wasn't a net for the first of the one of the seasons, so they're not all on him for sure. I thought he should have had that one tonight, but it was also very sloppy play leading to the turnover, and then the back check right in front of him was no better. Yeah, I mean, I think the basic of the basis of it is when Vince Dunn's not on the line, we're not very good at keeping the puck in the zone. Mm. We're also not very sure what we're doing on the power play. It seems to me, mm-hmm. as an largely amateur observer of the game, so there are a lot of times where it's just kind of like, I don't know what I should do, and then the puck's behind you, because it's still a professional game that's happening at a very fast pace, and then... Mm once the puck's behind you it's a track meet and um this was a problem dating back to last last season and it's certainly got to be fixed i mean it really has to be fixed that's the that's the thing i think the biggest difference between this team being truly great mm-hmm. being a potential president's trophy contender type of a really good team and it being just kind of pretty good strong contender maybe going to make a round or two in the playoffs but ultimately probably going to be eliminated by a better team uh rory rory sullivan whom you have met mm-hmm. says Correct. that the power, <laughs> the power yeah, play like to is still booty uh which is very correct it is very booty um but like flat you know 
a flat, unimpressive movie. <laughs> yeah, you know. I agree. I agree. David Kogut, uh, at Ken Queen Air Sist, S Y S T, not C Y S T, whatever. Not the gross thing. Says, <laughs> impatient with PowerPoint, but not too worried. Too much talent there to be that bad. Tarasenko's slow start is worrisome. Yet, seven out of eight points without him scoring, that's a good sign. Overall, satisfied, which I'm a little more worried than he is with the power play, but I think that's in general a good place yeah, to be. You should I think be, that's a good summation of where we should all be at. You should be cautiously in a good frame of mind here. We've got Montreal on Saturday, who just dropped one to um, the Red Wings. You've got the weird Columbus Day matinee against mm-hmm. um, the Islanders. On Monday, which will be weird because they're always weird, but I feel like we usually show up for the for day the games? weird day games, not for the oh, weekend. Oh no! no. Oh god! But, last year, uh, <laughs> but, Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, if we're if we're four zero and two or five zero and one or even four one and one by the end of that, you know, that's that's not bad for an opening mm-hmm. six. Um, where was I? David A. Chisholm, I'm assuming, or Kism. Excuse me. He uh, said, I'm a little concerned with the performance of the top line, but have been happy with Bennington looking more like he did last regular season. Can Bennington stave off regression and be a legitimate top five to ten goalie over a full season? So far, he looks great. Um, I'm prepared 10. to say top ten is doable. Yeah, I for think sure. Behind this defense, look, we've seen historically that this defense has made terrestrial goalies into very good goalies mm-hmm. all the time. So what if it takes a pretty good goalie? It could make him into a great goalie. Mm-hmm. And I think Bennington it, look, it happens from time to time in sports someone bucks the usual rate of progression and growth mm-hmm. and either does it way faster or notably slower, you know? And sometimes they still become great players, and Jordan Bennington could just be that guy. Goalies develop weird to begin with. By the way, I haven't checked to see how he's done uh, lately, but Billy Huso had two pretty stupendous starts to start Mm. the season, which was a fantastic sign. I hope very much that that continues, obviously, because I think he's the obvious choice for backup in a year or two if uh, we trade Allen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm cautious still because he's still relatively untested, but that, that win in Toronto returning to his home, uh, his home ice, his home, home ice, his hometown ice, uh, and getting that big win when you're facing top snipers and, and getting barraged by shots as we're suddenly getting barraged by rain. That's a big one for me because it's just... Listen, at, th- at this point, it's pretty obvious this guy's not going to be shaken by the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one of the things that I think is the biggest threat to goalies. He seems to have the athleticism to be fine, to yeah. good. So, yeah, top 10 seems very doable to me. I think, yeah, he has some rebound control early in this season, but he had that last season, too, that was like an issue. And if you just have a defense that knows that and can cover up for it a little better, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I think they'll be just. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, uh, Brandon Corpening says, uh, "Like we're a quality team. Play, we had quality team play. Looks like the chemistry from the second half of the playoffs was real. 
worries, defense looks very average, and it doesn't appear the Falk Petro offhand experiment is working. I, um, I, let, me, let me just real quick uh, read Lamar Oaks' comment about, I don't think Justin Falk is very good at all, rather poor, really. And just we can talk about those okay. two as kind of. Important. I don't. I don't agree with that assessment. I think he's look. I think he's looked surprisingly good defensively. Um, Falk has. Yeah, Falk has. He's had a couple of notable breakdowns, mm-hmm. which always shine out. But remember what we started with. It's a small sample size. Mm-hmm. I think he makes up for it though, and then he's able to get back in time. I shouldn't say he makes up for it, but he's he has an an honest effort and actually seems to like not be dogging it or anything. Oh, that was going to be a lot louder. That yeah. looked like it hit in the back. God is angry. <laughs> um, but I do. Th- I, the one thing I will say though is I do agree that I think that pairing experiment does not look good. Yeah. And it does not. And this blows me away. Maybe he maybe, looks better with Dunn. For yeah. Sure. It blows me away that I I don't know if they give them sides to be on. Like I swear these guys are roving between which side they're on. Mm-hmm. And I mean I'm no professional hockey player, but like this seems confusing as shit. Like in terms of like who's gonna go where, who I'm taking. I know. Pick from, a side. I know from NHL twenty, when I'm on All Star mode and both of these guys are former All Stars, if you don't mind your zone, things fall to pieces very quickly. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be the there to- or be square. The number of times I've screwed up a play behind the opposing team's net as Uh-oh. a defenseman, and then it's a goal against the other way. Shocking. And every time almost. Yeah, almost, almost every time when a defenseman is behind the net with four offenders mm. streaking away, <laughs> it's, it doesn't work out. So. I'm glad we have Justin Falk. He's an improvement on Edmondson, but it kind of is confusing to me that they brought him in here and then they thought that pairing him with Petrangelo yeah, was just going to work. I just, that, that trade still, I have questions. Um, but <laughs> the jury ultimate, is out. Ultimately, we got to remember it's also partially insurance against Petrangelo leaving. Like, yeah, I understand if that. If Petrangelo leaves, I don't want that to happen. But we've still got a pretty good right side in those two and Runky, presumably, you know, or and Bortuzzo and Pareko. Those two, Pareko was the other one. Oh, Sorry. If Petrangelo and, leaves, uh, those two being Pareko. I didn't, he's not leaving. I haven't said Pareko for like six years, so I don't know why you didn't leap to that assumption. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if he... that All I'm saying is that was part of, I assume, no, I get, part of the I get why they calculation. Got him, but then why not, but, why not put him with Dunn and roll these guys out pretty evenly. Isn't that yeah. going to help the team Which more? Which leads me to the question, do you entertain trading Pareko if Petrangelo does resign and just get a King's Ransom oh, for get, him? I'd, you get out I mean, I'd butt. entertain it. I'd definitely oh, yeah. entertain it. I I'd float him out yeah, there. But, see what you got. Kick um, some tires. <laughs> kick, them, kick them all. I'm always kicking tires on, on Sidney Crosby. Crosby <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, you think GMs call up Jim Rutherford and they go, what would you, what would I give you for Crosby? Have you budged? I, I hope like, it's like a prank call. No, that's what I mean. I'd be like, oh, it's funny. He's like, no, seriously, give me a number. <laughs> what you want? Then when he starts talking serious, when you just got, hang up the phone on him. I got Chris Tierney. You want Chris, yeah, Chris Tierney? Tierney. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, but that, my my broader point with Falk is, he's been on this team for two and a half weeks. Hmm. We got one two preseason games like i wouldn't panic yet with him that's my bigger thing yeah give him some time 
he'll start to integrate. And he's a big part of the power play, and he just was kind of thrust in there too, so that might be part of why it's struggling. So I want to give him 10 games or so before I'm starting to really analyze anything deeply. Mm -hmm. You know, we can notice trends and things, but just let's be fair to them. Uh, Michael Rathbone says the third line could be better. Notice Thomas is gone. We need him back. I agree with all of that. Thomas is one of our most important forwards in that he can elevate a line that is otherwise into a line that's a real threat. Um, And we definitely need him back. I hope he comes back very soon. And then finally, Aries412 says, thank goodness for the offense tonight. Ugh. Allen as goalie equals Martinez. That's Carlos Martinez, Ian. As closer, makes me nervous every time I see either one, which I think is is an appropriate kind of comparison there uh, because I just don't have, and, and this is me, this is a me thing. It's a not baseless me thing, but it's a me <laughs> thing that I don't have any faith when Jake Allen is in the net. That scares me, still scare me yes. on the surface. And so uh, I get I get his, I get uh, Aries, which I don't know if that's his real name. I hope it is, because that's a dope name. Um, but <laughs> I'm also an Aries. And 412, it strikes me, would be an Aries birthday. So I'm thinking it's just his birthday. But in any case... Wow, wow we got a real Sherlock uh, Holmes here. <laughs> Uh, but my point is, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Allen thing, not a great first return. Mm. I, and I was the guy that said, Hey, this is a perfect night to start him. Mm. If you got to start him at some point, but I don't like it. I didn't like what I saw. (laughs) Um, worries me. Worries. Any final thoughts on anything blues related, anything we haven't covered, uh, the NBA oppressing the Hong Kong people, anything like that. Yeah, stop me, NBA. <laughs> stop me right now. Was this free Hong Kong? I don't know. That's really yeah. what it's about. It's more like give, let them have rights. Yeah, you know, just simple, just regular rights. Freedoms, and stop trying to like freedoms. shoot them in the street or yeah. whatever. Whatever you want to do. I will say, your gas and... I understand that the NBA has money that comes to them from China. I understand that Nike has money that comes to them from China. But to me, it blows me away that you can have people in this country trying to talk about something happening in another country and that there can be people going, no, 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 we, we cannot, no comment on that. But like, China's not going to come over. Say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, I wish just Gary Batman big... would take a stance <laughs> so we could just rail on him. I would... I would spend another hour screaming at the NBA, but we're not gonna. But just a big, just a whole, a black just guy, a baby. giant yike yeah. from the <laughs> whole situation. Uh, for the league that, particularly for the league that's supposed to be very like, we let our players be expressive yeah, and, and we're progressive and we're open and social justice and that's all great. This was a big L, a, yeah. a real big L. And... Basic human rights are pretty non-negotiable to most Americans. And honest to God, when you see Ted Cruz and writers at Vice agreeing on an issue, pretty bad sign for you. Um, so, have you ever seen the South Park where that's a 
South Park, didn't they have a an episode this week before this happens about Chinese censorship? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they yeah, did. they did. Anyway, sorry. But I say, if you have the Stan's dad episode where he's always getting in fights at Little League games and going, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. <laughs> That's pretty much how I feel. I'm sorry. Uh, I did, too, think this was America. But, yeah, uh, before we go, any last hockey thoughts to get out there? Um, no, I... Let's see. What do we have? We got those two games in between. If we if we win one, I'll feel pretty good. I think we most certainly have the opportunity to win two. Yeah, we should win both. I mean, we absolutely should. I don't know that we will. But... I'm I'm hoping when we talk next, Vladimir Tarasenko has two goals. There we go. I'd like that very much. We are going to be back next Wednesday, Wednesday. which will be just a two week two goaler, two gamer, uh, probably a shorter episode potentially who knows with us we're freaks we'll get better sorry um but then after that we'll be back the following friday which will be four games because we're dodging uh a wedding in which you're the best man in and uh a game that you're attending Mm. in that time so sorry for the little bit of a herky-jerky schedule we should also be back with an stl podcast episode on monday for our soccer fans out there uh we'll Blimey. tweet about that uh final thoughts ian you want to give us a preview of your best man toast? um <laughs> i'm gonna roast this dude so hard and the best part is that is not the kind of friends we are <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh i'm excited to hear about it mm-hmm. uh so until then well not until then because this next episode is very much before that but until the blues are embarrassed on columbus day by the new york islanders uh we will see you later good night i now pronounce this podcast over this is america don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go.